podcast, Johnson. It's every other Monday's main event. Hey everybody! Hi everybody! Hi everybody! It is me, Michael. My name is Michael, and I am one half of the world tag team champions, known all over the universe as every other Monday's main event, a podcast on the internet about the lovely joys of professional wrestling, starring me and my close personal beloved dear comrade William. Hi. What's up? How you doing? We're if, talk. We were, if we were a tag team, what would our finisher be? Both running away in fear at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's a smart one. Shoving each other at each, at the opponents until one of us gets hit. So we, we're just like slap fighting until we get attacked by the other team. That's exactly it. Did I tell you what my uh, my fantasy finishing move would be as a solo tell performer? Tell me. I think you've told me it involves a dick, right? <laughs> it does. I'm probably yeah, yeah. That. yeah I, I go behind my dazed opponent who's standing. I viciously pants him, and then I, I grab his dinky between his legs, and I pull real hard, so it flips him over onto his back, and I hook the legs in the process for the three count. I think it would work. Asshole exposed to the world. That's, oh, that's all you can ask that's, for in professional wrestling. That's my deal. A nice human asshole. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, guys, check it out. Talking about assholes. I don't think there's actually any assholes in this match. But we're going to talk about it regardless. I picked this little match from the year of our Lord, 2019, the Elimination Chamber match featuring the lovely Daniel Bryan, at the time WWE champion, defending his title in the Elimination Chamber against Alan Jones-Styles, Randall Keith Orton, Jefferson Orton Harvey, uh, Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe, and my sweet darling baby boy Kofi Kingston, and uh, this was uh, this was a time. Oh, I was curious. Do you think Samoa Joe? If he, uh, if you ever became uh, Samoa Joseph, would he come to the ring in a, in a suit? He actually he is on commentary now, uh, and oh. he does wear a suit, and he goes by Samosef Joseph. Does he really? No, he goes by Samoa Joe. Oh, don't, don't do those things to me. <laughs> All right, but yes, so I noticed, um, I, I mean, I've seen um, these types of matches, and the structure looks uh, it looks different, a little more modern, probably safer, I guess, or secure. Or safer, looks- more secure, probably a little bit uh, as far as uh, construction and assembly goes, probably some to make that a little easier, too. It could be uh, smaller than the original elimination chamber. Not as round. Yeah, the original one was definitely more of a dome structure. Yeah. This one, did it actually have a roof to it? Yes, it did. Okay. Yeah, I watched it last night, but I can't remember. Well, because I I had always thought this was, uh, I I could have sworn there was a spot in this match where Kofi Kingston goes all the way to the ceiling and dives off on everyone, but uh, that was not this match. That must be another one. You are a dirty liar. I really fucked up. You did have to to shave your eyebrows. I'm doing it as we speak, listening to Stain. I'm what? Listening to Stained. 
Why? <laughs> Why would you, you gotta, do that? When you when you get uh, depressed and shave hair off your body, you gotta listen to Stain so you can look like Aaron Lewis when you're done. Oh, would you also? Did he when he sang? He had that the one arm like for whatever reason. There we go. Just with those hands. Everyone's favorite stained cover band, me. All right. Anyway, yeah, so Daniel Bryan and Samosa Joseph kicked this match off. And, uh, you know, Samoa Joe is unfortunately a gentleman who uh, looks like his in-ring career is probably over because he just keeps getting hurt, which is unfortunate because he's fucking brutal. Um, And he and Bryan go way, way back pre-WWE, and they never really got too many opportunities to mix it up up in WWE, so even just this nice five minutes of them slapping the shit out of each other's chest and turning Daniel's chest into fucking hamburger meat was uh, just a really nice treat. Yeah, that looked like very stingy. Like Joe didn't fuck around, man. Those stubby fucking Samoan arms, man. Holy shit. Yeah, I didn't he used to wear the little the little shell necklace? I think so. I think when he was in, uh, either TNA or even before that in like Ring of Honor or elsewhere independent, yeah, I think he uh, had a little more Razzle dazzle to his attire. Okay. Yeah. Now Joe doesn't fuck around. But yeah. It was. You know. It just starts off kind of normal. They're just beating the fuck out of each other, and then Kofi comes in. So Bill, what you should know about my beloved Kofi Kingston at this time in history. Kofi has been in the WWE since I want to say 2008, and he uh, he's always been a star player. You know, he's always he was, even you know he would been multi multi time intercontinental champion, multi time U.S. champion. Multi, multi, multi time tag team champion, not just with the New Day, but with others. But uh, people such as myself have always really loved Kofi and always really wanted to see more for him. And something out of the blue happened this uh, this year in 2019. Kofi's partners in the New Day, Big E and Xavier Woods, they've always said that their goal with the New Day is to make Kofi a world champion one day. Kofi says he just wants to have some fun with his brothers. Uh, but a gauntlet match was planned between the six competitors of this elimination chamber match. And instead of Kofi Kingston, it was Mustafa Ali. Um, Ali got injured, unfortunately. So Kofi was put in this gauntlet match and there was all, so much momentum behind him. What they ended up doing was the Kofi went 40 something minutes in that gauntlet match, like the week before on SmackDown. Yeah, they were talking about that quite a bit. Yeah, it was it was an unbelievable performance, and it just kind of New Day really got behind Kofi and really said, "Hey, you know what? That maybe this is Kofi's time." So as you can see, this whole match, everyone is on fire for Kofi. I mean, they are loud as hell for him. They are chanting his name anytime he does anything. Everyone's losing their mind. Everybody wanted to see Kofi. They they thought this would be his big opportunity. Yeah, I mean, i I don't really, I didn't really know much about him. They, I know he started off. Uh, being Jamaican, yes, but, but that didn't that didn't stick. And then nope. he just stopped one day. He uh, one day he was just it, there was a bunch of guys in the ring cutting a promo on each other, and Kofi starts talking, and uh, our show mascot Triple H goes, "Wait a minute, weren't you Jamaican?" And Kofi just laughed, and they moved on. Like that—that that oh. was how they kind of were able to transition him away from the Jamaican gimmick. Oh, that was it. That's it. <laughs> Samoa Joe, he seemed to, was he a bad was he a bad guy at this time or was he just like a, a neutral brute? He was he, he was always very much 
for the most, outside of like a lengthy feud with AJ Styles where he was constantly threatening to fuck AJ's wife, uh, he for the most part has been just very neutral in the sense that he's not a good dude. He's kind, of, he's just kind of a scary badass. So it's like sometimes I'm going to fight a face, sometimes I'm going to fight a heel. It just depends on who's pissing me off and who I want to beat up this week. Oh, okay. But people really like Joe and respect Joe, so he, you know, he typically just gets a lot of a loud ovation just because he's Samoa Joe. Okay. I've mentioned it before, and I may bring it into the mix at some point. I know we've had a couple of Kenta Kobashi matches on the show. There's one where he and Samoa Joe uh, go at it, which I think he probably enjoyed. Oh, my God. Did you know that Oh, was my God. No, that sounds like <laughs> death in the best way possible. It is a uh, chest slap happy. I'll just I'll say that much. I would imagine between the two of them. Holy shit. All right, well, well, down the road, that will um, be a, a certain. Let's do it now. It. Scrap this. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but we uh, simultaneous ejaculation. Right into each other. Yep. Yeah. Okay, anyways. Yeah. So there's a, so there's a really neat uh, point uh, around here. We, when we're at the, with the trio here, um, Kofi, was, uh, Kofi was dangling on the ropes. And uh, Brian dove off the top rope onto the back of his head, which was brutal. Oh, yeah. Um, he had a good bounce off, off the rope into the back of the ring. Yeah. That was uh, nasty looking. And then there was a bit where Brian, he was just kind of running from everybody, and he hit on top of the pod, uh, one of the pods, and That's Kofi smart. just fucking leaped. Yeah. But goddamn, like that, was, that man is a machine. Uh, he can just kind of leap like that so high. How old, how old is he? Kofi is uh right now he's pushing forty, so he's yeah, he's probably you know thirty eight, thirty nine in this match. My goodness, that's still I mean, I know if you stay in shape and work out and whatever, you're gonna do that stuff, but you know, I couldn't do that when I was way back then. I mean he he seems like yeah, a, no, he, Kofi he looks younger too. He's a menace. No, he just he's he just looks younger than what his age. Yeah, he's 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 youthful. He's handsome. He's charming. Got the uh, he's Kofi Kingston, you know. Uh, That's weird that he never changed his name because he was supposed to be Jamaican. So I'm sure they gave him the last name of Kingston because that's the the capital of Jamaica, and they never uh, never went away from that. Did we uh, work with someone who knew him? We did. We used to work with a a gentleman from uh, from Ghana, which is where Kofi Kingston is from. And uh, Kofi is is he's was born in Ghana, but he moved here at a very young age. And his he's from the Boston area, so yeah, a guy we used to work with was close friends with uh, Kofi's mom, and uh, he went over the Kingston establishment for Thanksgiving one year, and Kofi was there, and uh, he said all the little kids were running around with their Kofi Kingston action figures, and it sounded adorable. Did Kofi Kingston give our former coworker like a, a suplex through the Thanksgiving dinner, possibly? Or well, yeah, it was during Grace. Um, Grandpa <laughs> Kingston was at the head of the table, and he was talking about how grateful they were that you know their family had found such a you know such a successful young man to you know just uh, bring them happiness and joy across the world. And Kofi picked up our friend Joe uh, with a suplex and put him through the table. Yeah, but the whole time Joe he kept his hands in the prayer form. He kept praying anyway. Yeah, of course. He's, you, you do not break that bond from the Lord when it is yeah. time to say grace, especially Thanksgiving. I like how you uh, refer to Grandpa 
uh, Kingston also, as if like everyone in the, the family legally changed their name, their last name to Kingston because he had such great success. Hey, you know what? You got to ride those coattails, man. That's right. Anyways, back to the match. Weird Thanksgiving. Yes, of course. So, yeah, so there was, uh, you know, so there was just a lot of action. And then AJ Styles comes in, who, a uh, friend of the show at this point, AJ Styles, Flat Earther AJ Styles. <laughs> he hit a really nice double DDT on Daniel Bryan and Kofi. That was nice. Yeah, he's also, he's about the same age, right? Or is he in his early 40s? AJ's uh, a little older. AJ Styles is old enough that he was in WCW. Oh, before that? Uh, he's 43. Jeez. And he's still, like, flipping yeah. around. And- yeah. AJ's in fucking... And he, he, again, I've said it before, like, there's a handful of people where I'm willing to look the other way over their abhorrent personal views because of how much I enjoy their work. And AJ is on that short list because, like, this match, you know, again, you just see... He does ridiculous shit. I, he does like he, he does like the backflip off the rope and catches someone in like the reverse DDT. Very very fluid. What is he wears uh, on his pants? Does it say P one on them on one side? Yeah, that's a phenomenal one. Oh, I see. I get it now. Yeah, that makes perfect. I don't know. I was like player one, or I couldn't wrap my hand around. He, it. he does enjoy a video game, but uh, yeah, he's always been known as the phenomenal AJ Styles, the phenomenal one. Okay. His forearm is called the Phenomenal Forearm. Oh, well, they meant they, they mentioned that several times. I like how um, still, no matter what you know, year or you know, decade or whatever in wrestling, that when you come down to the ring, you wear you know you for like thirty seconds, you're wearing some kind of attire that then you discard and is forgotten about for the, the length of the match. Absolutely, like, you know, you're wearing your vest with no shirt or like the sleeveless hoodie seems to be a, a big one these days. I mean, I, I I get it, but at the same time, it's they're not wearing them out in public. Well, especially when you would look at someone like like Ric Flair, who would come out in you know ten million dollar robes. Yeah, but I think that that more so fit into his his personality of especially back when you know he was like you know, in the eighties and nineties, he was bragging about his uh, I forget the exact what he said, but you know like uh, jet flying, girls kiss stealing, you know. Re- remarrying, head bleeding. <laughs> you oh, should know. Uh, I know. I know. You always want to keep up on Ric Flair's affairs. Um, oh yes. He is currently in a storyline where he has gotten a wrestler pregnant. Uh, just female, so you know, female wrestler. Is it a female wrestler? Yes, Lacey Evans, the sassy Southern Belle. Uh, she's been flirting with him and making him real horny, uh, mostly to get under Charlotte's skin. And uh, she got pregnant in real life, so she announced on the show that Ric Flair knocked her up, which will uh, only add f- uh, fuel to that feud. So now Charlotte's going to have a little baby brother or sister. I'm hoping that they'll they'll reveal some uh, some hidden camera footage, and uh, they're going to somehow Ric Flair just gets busted open. I mean, that baby's coming out with a busted open head. <laughs> All the Flair children came out bleeding profusely. I just imagine, no, I, I picture it like Rick, that the baby's coming out, and it's not even fully out, and Ric Flair's like blading the, the baby. <laughs> Gotta get them started young. Yeah, moving in their faces. They don't pinch the butt cheek to make sure they cry. They blade them. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Ugh. Makes, teaches the baby how to elbow drop a book. Yeah, it's Ric Flair like wraps the placenta around his fist and punches someone with it. Oh, absolutely. Ugh. Dirtiest player in the game, literally that time. <laughs> yeah. 
So Jeff Hardy comes into the match as well. Uh, that was a waste. Uh, oh, I think he and Randy Orton, they had a total like between like two minutes in the match. Yeah. And uh, they're doing it again this year. The Elimination Chamber this year, Jeff and Randy are both in that as well. And I can't imagine they're going to do anything of note. Um, are they in the 40s? Jeff Hardy is 43. Randy Orton is 40. Oh, they, they assumed older. I guess, especially, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but Randy Orton was just like sauntering around the ring. He was like, like just like slowly taking his time and didn't seem in a rush to do anything. That's that's because I mean, he's he the did... apex predator. He takes his time. He stalks his victims. He yeah. slithers around the ring. He wants to make sure that uh, he knows, especially in a multi-man match, because when he came in, like everyone was down. And Randy was just kind of like, oh, my goodness, is all ripe for the picking. So he was going after this guy, that guy. He was also standing there for like 35 minutes. That must be kind of annoying. He was also what? He's just standing there for like 35 minutes. Yeah, he's he's a nasty boy, that that Randy. He just... I'm I'm saying in general, anyone, if if I was the last person for this match and and I started to like, I'd probably like get like a calf cramp and just go down in the heap suddenly. Have you ever had a no, absolutely. Oh, that's the I've worst. had many. Yeah, ever, I remember the first time I had one. Is it? You ever get one like in your in your sleep? You ever get a wake? Yeah. Up oh yeah. I've, I've woken up oh. from several. God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Have fun. You, you should just like punch it out, or do whatever you can. Calf cramps. That's all. You, that's all you really do. You just get just scream and punch until yeah, it's over. Get to write it out. Yeah. Sorry, that's it. Anyways, so Randy, like, yeah, like you said, he's not in it for very long. Yeah, he, I think I think Jeff Hardy was more effective in his time than Randy Orton was because I know Jeff Hardy was doing like big. Well, Ra- uh, Jeff there. Jeff landed that nasty uh, Swanton. Oh, that was yeah, that was pretty cool. I did like that. Yeah, it was, his, it, um, yeah. I was bothered by his his face paint when he had when he has eyes closed. It looked really weird. I didn't like that. Oh yeah, that's creepy as shit, man. That made me actually think. Have you seen the clip of when he was in TNA and he was supposed to fight oh. Sting? And oh, God, have you seen, Willow. Have you seen that? Was that when he was uh, the character Willow? Oh, I don't know. When he was like on drugs and they Eric Bischoff came out. And oh, with Sting. With Sting, yeah. Yeah, that was bad that news. Yeah. Yeah, Sting was not happy about that. Jeff was in a bad, bad place in those days. That was. Uh, Nasty time. Yeah, that's all right. They made light of it last year, and they did a whole angle where uh, he um, allegedly got really high and ran someone over. Oh, and then uh, they were making light of it in that sense? Yeah. Well, because they were well, because he was being framed for it. So the guy that was fucking with him was like, oh, Jeff can't be trusted, man. He's on drugs. He's he's drunk all the time. And Jeff's like, I didn't do it, man. And it's like, you sound like you did, so maybe you don't talk unless you want to incriminate yourself further. But yeah, drunk, horny hillbilly. No, he didn't. Okay. Uh, so Randy, um, you know, there's a couple of little back and forth teasing and flirting with um, with Randy and Kofi with an RKO or a Trouble in Paradise, this and that. Um, Kofi is able to land the Trouble in Paradise and pin him. And another thing that you may not be aware of, Bill, is um, in about 2009, Kofi Kingston was actually on the track to be pushed into the main event scene. And so he was put into this program with Randy Orton and he made a mistake in the match 
Uh, Kofi made a mistake in the match. Is this the stupid, stupid thing? Yeah, so Randy very furiously said, stupid, stupid, stupid. I've heard about that. Yeah, so what I thought, again, another thing I thought that happened in this match that I was wrong was I thought that after uh, Kofi eliminated Randy, he did the stupid, stupid, stupid back at him. Uh, But that's also another match, apparently. So I'm fucking 0 for 2 on this. But that that did really happen somewhere? That that did happen at some point, yeah. I thought it was here. Um, Because Randy was serious, and he was mad, and he got Kofi's push squashed, and, you know, it took another... Uh, 10 years for Kofi to be back in the main event scene. So that's rude. Randy was not a nice man back in those days, Hmm. but yeah, eventually it comes down to just Kofi and Daniel Bryan. And uh, I mean, the thing that will always blow me away about this match and just this time in Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston's careers is that Daniel Bryan, who's just beloved by everyone, even though he's doing blatant heel shit, people are still cheering for him because he's Daniel Bryan. But once it's just down to him and Kofi, Daniel Bryan is being openly booed, which I thought was impossible. And even watching this back again, I was just like, I cannot believe there is a crowd full of people booing Daniel Bryan. Like, that is how bad people wanted Kofi to win. I noticed when he would do his kicks, they would, because in another match, he would, everyone would say, would chant yes every time. And they were actually chanting no. Yeah. When he was, that was, I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, really uh, just they kill each other once it's just down to the two of them. I mean, smashing each other's heads into the walls and throwing each other off the pods and just uh, all this really just uh, really one thing after another. Well, they said um, that they were exchanging the rib kicks too and Kingston was just like, come on, motherfucker. Yeah, Kofi, uh, he was saying, you know, I've been waiting 11 years for this. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop now. I'm not gonna back down now. Um, there was just so, I mean, they really just got violent with each other. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, the way it ended was that Kofi was going to try and get that suplex at the top of the pod. Daniel reversed that, and then Kofi was able to knock Brian off. But when he went for the splash, he missed, and that was a splash from very high up. Daniel Bryan hit the running knee to retain the title. And, um, you know, Kofi's dreams were squashed as his friends in the New Day came out to console him. Everyone was sad. Yeah, and it, but it was awesome because uh, obviously, even though this wasn't really meant to be this way, everyone got so behind Kofi that they turned, they they switched gears on the WrestleMania, the road to WrestleMania at the last minute, and said, "All right, we're doing Kofi and Brian now." And um, was it was just, cool. I don't know who it was supposed to be. They never really, no one ever really came out and said who it was supposed to be. It was just not supposed to be Kofi. Was it Gilberg? It was Gilberg. Oh, right. But what? What was cool, and because there's parallels in in this match, and I can bring it up in um, our next match as well, but uh, the first episode we did when it was Daniel Bryan versus Triple H um, at WrestleMania 30, that night, it was for him to make sure he got into the title match later that night and win the big one, and what was interesting was that the whole premise of that story was Triple H telling Daniel Bryan you know, you're you're good, but you're not great. You are, you're a B-plus player. You're a solid hand. You don't need to be a world champion. You should be happy that you're even in this company at all. And when it came down to Kofi and Daniel Bryan, Kofi kept saying, you know, I've been here 11 years. I've been waiting for my shot, waiting for my shot. And now Daniel Bryan, as the champion, as this now decorated world champion, was saying to Kofi, well, you know what, Kofi, you're just not that good. You know, I, you, uh, there's better guys out there. You're good, but you're not the best. And it was cool to kind of see that role reversal uh, yeah. taking place. 
Um, and of course, what we're experiencing now is two years after this, uh, it's kind of like a part three of this kind of saga where, you know, Daniel Bryan's out of it, but now Kofi um, is being targeted by Mustafa Ali, who was the gentleman who it, uh, Ali kept saying, you know, that should have been me in that elimination chamber. That should have been me, etc. And now he's trying to exact his revenge on Kofi uh, for two years ago. Uh, so now Kofi is paying the price for his victory and all that. So it's just, it's very kind of on and off, but very uh, effective long-term storytelling. Not a lot of that these days, right? At least in WWE. Not a ton. And usually when it happens, it's a happy coincidence. Like, oh shit, we can cash in on that now, I guess. Huh. But not this time. They never do it. They never do it intentionally. I, I wanted to ask too, the, uh, the championship belt, look, it was made of wood. Was it? Yes, Daniel Daniel Bryan was uh, doing an environmentalist gimmick at the time because Vince McMahon thinks people that care about the environment are bad, so he made that a bad character. Uh, so that was his vegan, leather-free world championship belt. Oh, I see. Was it just wooden, or what would the was it like hemp or something? Or uh, it was hemp. Yeah. Was it actually? Uh, it was. Yeah. Oh. All right. He actually, because because Daniel Bryan is uh, that way in real life, so he's like, oh, you know, let's actually do that. <laughs> At least it was, you know, a different kind of wasn't, you know, bad foreigner type deal. So yeah, he actually he, there's a really awesome episode where he uh, he cuts this fucking vicious on Vince in the middle of the ring about your generation, how your generation destroyed the environment, and he was like a hundred percent right. But he was saying it like an asshole, so it still made it an effective heel promo. But it was just funny because he was saying to Vince 100% true things about how people Vince's age, they don't care about the planet. They they're just want to get their money and die and all that. And it was, uh, it was some good stuff. Oh, weird. Weird in the sense of that they could utilize that for for those purposes. Interesting. Yeah, they found a way and it was good. But let's talk about, boy, well, oh, boy. Yeah, it's it's like, the, the match. I, I thought it was, especially when it, was, it came down to the two of them at the end. That was very yeah. enjoyable, very exciting. So good choice. Well, one day we will do uh, their WrestleMania match, where uh, that ended up being for the world title a couple months later, that I got to see in person. Oh, all right. But now on to uh, the brother versus brother. Brother versus brother. Talk about yeah. uh, again. You go from Daniel Bryan to uh, the, the man that certainly paved the way for Daniel Bryan, Bret Hart and, and Owen Hart certainly paved the way for a whole generation of uh, the faster and more athletic guys. Yes. Are you aware of the backstory? What led to this match? I am not. So please enlighten me. Well, I can tell a little bit. So I wouldn't think we're back to the prior year survivor series. Um, it was confusing. I th it was Bret Hart was, I think in a feud with uh, everything. Okay. There. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just yawning, trying not uh, to be too obvious about it. You just look like you were horrified at something you were seeing on your computer. No, uh, Brent Hart was feeding with Jerry Lawler. And so, you know, Jerry Lawler back then, he was always saying shit about his family. Like, it's too hard. And, <laughs> well, yeah, that, it was all his commentary in this match. That makes sense. Yeah, before that, too. Um, but something happened where Lawler couldn't wrestle. So it was like it was Bret Hart, Owen Hart, and then two other, two other Hart brothers that I guess did wrestle at some point against. Uh, it was supposed to be Jerry Laurel and his three knights, three masked wrestlers, but it ended up being Shawn Michaels for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but in that match, uh, the hearts dominated, but like, you know, in a, 
little whoopsie daisy moment. Like Bret Hart was on the outside while Owen was in the ring, and he was like trying to shake off an injury. Um, and Owen Hart got thrown into the ropes, and it knocked Bret off, and it distracted Owen, who got pinned by Shawn Michaels. He was the only one from his team eliminated, and the Hearts won, and then Owen was mad. Oh man! Okay, then they calmed down, and they um, at that Royal Rumble the next year, they Bret and Owen were going to be a tag team. Uh, going for the championship against, uh, I think it was the Quebecers, who dressed like Mounties. Um, and then Brett got, quote-unquote, injured in that. And I don't, I forget what happened. I don't think he could continue or something happened where his injury, uh, you know, kept him from success in the match. And then Owen at that point had it, and he attacked Brett. And then Owen wanted to fight him, and Brett wouldn't for a while. But then he finally said, okay. And so this is their match. At WrestleMania, this is why it happened. Um, which is why Owen is such a you know cocky prick. Of a, I think he's great as a uh, as a bad guy. I don't know. He was still around when you were when you started watching, right? Yeah, um, for yeah about a year because uh, I started okay. in at Mania ninety eight, and he died in May of ninety nine. So yeah, I, I got about a year of Owen Hart, and I I wasn't able to appreciate him the time because that was my first year as a wrestling fan so i didn't really know what constituted like an excellent wrestler at the time i i I knew what would make a great character and he certainly had those elements but i was never able to appreciate the fact that he was like an insane uh wrestler in the ring yeah have you seen a lot of owen hart matches or no no, I mean, I, you know, I, I saw that year that he was around, and I, I, I had seen this match that we're talking about once before. Um, oh. And, you know, I've seen a couple other Owen Hart matches over time. And again, he's one of those guys I've been able... There's very few guys where I can go back and watch something that I wasn't actually watching at the time and really like it, but Owen and Brett are two guys where... I can still I could watch any one of their matches and still be enthralled because of how just insanely good they both are. Yes, and this, so this is WrestleMania 10. They uh, opened the show. What was unique about this one? This I uh, this is a pay per view that I got. Um, so I had I recorded it and I hey nice hair, and so I actually watched. I mean, I watched the whole thing, but I watched this match a lot, especially on VHS on repeat. Um, as you do, as uh, as I definitely did. Uh, it was at Madison Square Garden. Nice, very uh, very lively audience for this. Um, have you? Have you watched any other matches from that show? Or have you just watched that? I know there's one that I should watch. Uh, yeah, because well, because uh, uh, one of my close friends is a huge, huge Bret Hart fan. So, like, when the network first came around, I was having him recommend me some of his favorite Bret matches. So I'd watched that one. But I know that, the obviously, the latter match that night is uh, the other big show stealer. Wait, when he's fighting Yokozuna? No, the um, oh, the, the ladder match. Yeah, Sean and Razor. Okay. Okay. No, because there's also a, there's a tag team match of uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vachon versus Doink the Clown and and a midget version called Dink on the show. Goodness, that will that sounds like the Steamboat Savage of WrestleMania Ten. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was but uh, three times as long. Okay. Forty five minute match. As it no, should it be. was there. It was. I thought. Yeah, I had to go back and watch it, but at the time I thought an enjoyable match it was a false count anywhere match between Randy Savage and Crush. Oh, if you recall Crush, but it was it was pretty good. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So this one, uh, it was I think it was pretty evenly matched at the start. You know, they they they're doing lots of very fluid, very like, wonderful 
technical stuff and reversals and you know, but it is they get testy and like Owen slaps but and I think it was telling like a real slap. Yeah. But I'm sure like you know, they're brothers and they grew up doing this exact same thing with each other, so don't hold them back. Oh yeah, they've murdered each other for less, so Yes. But I mean some of the moves that they were doing I thought were like crazy. Like um like at one point Owen gives Brett a tombstone pile driver. Which, yeah, my god, I was shocked to see that. I mean he's literally should have just gone for the pin if you're like thinking in in a logical sense, but he had to gloat about it and he went to the top yeah. and missed, missed like a splash or a flying headbutt. And then Brett was fine after that. Have you, have you seen or you're at least aware of when Owen Hart nearly paralyzed Steve Austin with a similar move? Yeah, yeah, that is unfortunate. Have you actually seen the match or do you just know about that particular? I, yeah, I saw, the, I saw the match. I was That was really uncomfortable. <laughs> Yes, I mean it was that was different. He, like he sat down with him on that one. He didn't go on his knees. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I always feel like a tombstone looks so much safer than that between the legs pile driver. I was watching. It was like a, a Road Dog versus Al Snow hardcore match from the Attitude Era recently, and yeah. Road Dog gave Al Snow that style of pile driver onto a fucking pallet, and it's just like, how do you not completely sever your spinal cord doing that? Like I. I, I can't get out. That's one of those wrestling moves where I'm just like, that is too close that I couldn't, if I was a wrestler, even the safest wrestler in the world, I would never feel comfortable doing or giving a move like that. I think you just bury your face in your opponent's crotch and hope for the best. Huff the genitals and hope the high gets you through it. <laughs> it's taking deep breaths through the nose only. Yeah. Yeah. You're making me think of the, the Dusty Rhodes muffler now. Oh, no. Yeah. Thank you. This was, I think, you know, eventually. As in most matches, uh, you know, bad guy gets an uh, advantage for a while. But Brett, you know, no matter what, he's he's great at making it seem like he's being just destroyed. And uh, even he gets the upper hand at one point, but he does a plancha. I think it's, it's the plancha when you go over the top rope. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, but he, he hurts his knee a little bit. Um, I think that's what, what the, uh, the, the prior two instances that I talked about that led to this match, the exact same thing. He had like a knee issue. So I guess that was his, it was his deal going to the well on uh on the on the injury. Yeah. And it's such a cliche thing to say, but it was like a like a ahead of its time. I mean they had this and the ladder match were both just like these outstanding matches that for nineteen ninety four and WWF weren't the norm. Like they were just doing things that you know, they, yeah. they weren't these they weren't these like overly muscular or just giant cartoonish people that were you know, shouting and, and having like simple matches that were dull. It was like 20, maybe about 20 minutes. And it was like nonstop crazy the whole 20 minutes. Absolutely. It was, you know, it's very exciting. And even like watching it, like that's the first time I've watched it in a very long time it was two nights ago when I watched it. And just, you know, I, I know the outcome, but still it's, the kind that gets in my gets my juices going. No, it was. I mean, again, I knew how it ended as well. I remembered the whole time I'm watching this. I'm even thinking because I didn't remember exactly how it won. I just remembered Owen found a way to win, and I'm just like, how the hell does Owen get out of this? How does he escape it? And it really, it's just this very. He just he does truly get lucky. Like it is the luckiest win. Well, but they make it seem uh, like he, that, you know he, he did it on purpose. Owen is able to just. Didn't like stumble into it. I don't think. I think he was just 
finally able to pull a counter that worked long enough. Well, that's what I mean. Like he just, he finally found that, that opportunity. It's like, Oh, I can do it here. I can do it here. And he just, you know, he takes Brett by surprise in that way. And it's just like, you little shit. Cause the, the whole time, I mean, you could see there was all that arrogance, that mocking and all that taunting and him just truly healing it up and, you know, saying I'm the better brother. How dare you? And, you know, just being a dick to him. It's just like, oh, you want to see him get it. And the, the fact that he's able to just slip away and have that win, it's just like, oh, my God, like, you you little bastard in in the best possible way. Yeah. I mean, it's like I told you so, really. Yeah. I mean, thinking about earlier in the match, too, like, like, you know, obviously the sharpshooter. I know that was Bret Hart's move. I'm not sure exactly what Owen Hart's finisher was. I can't remember. I don't know if it was a sharpshooter regularly or if he was just trying to use it more so in this match. I don't remember what his actual finisher was. Yeah, I might look while we're, while we're talking here. I don't remember either. It was At the end of the match, and I feel a little bit worse about saying this since he has passed. It was a sharpshooter. <laughs> oh, search. It says, this is a move that Owen blatantly stole from his older brother, Brett. Although Owen believed that his version of the hole was much more effective. Look at that. So, there you go. Uh, I can remember that for some reason. But at some point in the match, towards the end, Owen gets a little like white stuff on his mouth. That was it always bugged me because it, it, it didn't go yeah, away. Cause it, yeah, it stayed there in the post-match interview. Yes, yes. You, uh, yeah, exactly. I was going to bring it up, but yes. It, it, someone should have just like, just point, like, just, you know, use your wrist to get it and I always, always, always bugged me. Yeah. It's from like, like take like a tissue to my screen and try to wipe it off the TV when I watch it. But no, it was just. A, I actually, I remember the a, first time I saw it, I was just like, oh, what's going on there? I, I, I thought something was on the TV the first time I saw it. <laughs> Couldn't get it off. I was like, that's just unnatural. Like, there's no way that's on a human being. So it's clearly something fell on the TV. I think he had it for at least five minutes. I can't believe it. Like lasted through the match at some point. Yeah. His face had to touch touch something. The mat, his brother. His, I don't know. Just and who who refereed the match? That was a uh, disgraced former referee Earl Hebner and or yeah, disgraced Earl. former referee Dave Hebner. It was Earl. Definitely it was, was Earl. Earl. Swirly Earl. Earl. <laughs> I, I looked into that more. Uh, he was selling merchandise out of a store. It wasn't out of his car. Oh man, that's so much funnier was, that he's out of the trunk. I know, I know, it's but I, it's not, it's not the truth. I, mean, I think we can just continue to romanticize it to make it sound. Funnier. Yeah, regardless, he's disgraced, so you know it doesn't do change I, that. Do you actually know that or no? No, I really, I literally always thought he was selling it. I, I think maybe people were just using the term "I was selling out of his trunk," which I, I think can technically apply to any. Just you're selling it, you're selling something stolen. Yeah. So maybe I took something literally because I'm a fucking oaf, but uh, yeah, I, I just always had this visual in my head in a parking lot of Earl Hebner still wearing the referee suit, just like <laughs> hawking these fucking t-shirts and just like kind of always looking over his shoulder to make sure Vince isn't walking out. Do you think you would offer like for five bucks to like do a three count on you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, uh, he's 71, which I guess makes sense, but he's still occasionally refereeing. Yeah, he's in AEW as a ref, and uh, all those fucking old motherfuckers. J- apparently, JR called uh, the AEW world champion the other night the WWE world champion, so he's slipping. Oops. Whoops. He got to be in the right now. Was, did he uh, correct himself? Or he did got what? Correct him? 
did somebody correct him or did he no, correct there, himself? They pretended it never happened and moved on. Oh, well, nah. hey, he, you know what? He had some good years in him. Well, how many years was he probably saying that exact terminology like night in and night out? Oh, exactly. Yeah, have that's seen, just force of habit. It's brain memory. Have you ever seen? I remember once I found on YouTube, it was, uh, I don't know, like when they were like at commercial, but they still recorded like, you know, on a raw, like they, the announcers were, were talking to someone through the headsets and they were like, like goofing off and stuff. It was, so, it was like during a recording, but it just wasn't. Um, like, the there's, there, I believe so. Well, because I think there's a couple different ones like that that have come out. So I don't know if there's a particular one that, uh, particular something that someone said that stuck out to you that you remember, but. No, no, but they you just like not being serious, you know, they would yeah. be like really messing around. You ever see but the clip of uh you ever see the clip of Michael Cole calling someone fuckhead? <laughs> no, I haven't. I'll have to send that your way. They they used to have an online show called uh Bite This back in the late 90s, early 2000s. It was like the first like, you know, their first foray into like internet talk shows and um they had some guy call in. The guy was being an idiot. And Michael Cole was not taking it. He goes, listen, fuckhead. And he like, he went off on this guy, uh, swearing profusely and all that. It was great. Oh, but that was, that was my match. I'm, I'm, I'm sure anyone listening that they are older gentlemen like me have, have seen that match. I would hope that they saw that match. I mean, also he, Brett had the, uh, the classic, uh, as always leather. I don't know if it was real leather or not. Let's say it was, but the tassels on it. And, um, he was a, he was a rich man, I'm sure. And the uh, I always found the, the the sunglasses he wore weird because when he took them off, it looked like it was like a like like cushy material underneath, but you could still somehow see through it. Yeah, yeah. I never really thought about it like that. Yeah, that's true. And, like Owen weird. had this, the same pair, and his first dash was to, was to rip them apart. Well, that was so messed up. You ever hear how, uh, how how Brett said Owen's name? No, how would he how do you say it? I'm sure it's just the Canadian accent, but he always says, Owen. Yeah, my brother Owen. It's always just Owen. <laughs> no. Yeah, just one, one syllable. My, my brother Owen. Like he just took the E out of the equation I love Bret totally. Hart. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Bret Hart's had a hard life. You don't need to throw that E in the mix. You uh, You witnessed him get tackled live, didn't you? Yeah, holy shit, I did. Yeah, That's horrifying. That up the Hall, of, Hall of Fame was yeah. it for the Heart Foundation? Yes. Yeah. And he's he's like yeah. crying about fucking Jim Neidhart being dead with you know with, with Jim's daughter right next to him and then that psychopath just tackled him. Stupid. Yeah. I still yeah, think it was you. It was. It was, yeah. yeah. You got him in the sharpshooter? Yes. Did you, I tell you that the, the guy who did it, uh, when people found his Twitter... He, for like months, he'd been asking random famous people for ten thousand dollars. Why? I don't know. Nobody knew. All those tweets were like, but it, there was like a level of desperation to it. He kept saying, "I need ten thousand dollars quick. Can you help me out?" He wasn't was he like pre- trying to be funny or doing a bit. I think he was unwell, but it's a very specific thing to ask someone. Was he preparing the bail money for his assault on <laughs> Bret Hart? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, that was my match. You know, it was just a, an a, a excellent 1994 match, which NWWF, you didn't have a ton of Absolutely. them, but when you did it, yeah. had one of those deals in it. Now, I, I think down the road, too, yeah. I, they had a, have you seen the uh, their SummerSlam cage match from later that year? I think it was. 
No, I, I heard that was also excellent. Oh, yeah. I think that uh, people consider that one to be better, as a matter of fact. And that was for the championship. Oh, I think it was, unfortunate. They didn't, it was unfortunate that they never gave the uh, championship to Owen Hart. I think he could have pulled it off. Well, you know what we should do is uh, we'll do an episode down the road uh, called the Every Other Monday's Main Event Rematch, where uh, we repeat an episode of uh, opponents. And, uh, you know, because I could do that way, I could do Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. We could kind of see the conclusion of that, and then we could see the next step in Brett and Owen. Okay. I'm down for that. Let's do that. I'm going to say uh, we also just need to do more Bret Hart matches because. Um, yes. Oh, no. That's awesome. And do more Owen matches, too. I have at least, I think, three more on that spreadsheet that we started with the original matches on it. So, oh shit! I gotta update that. I have other ones. I yeah, I've like I haven't added. I've removed. I think so. Disrespectful. Yeah. All right. So until next time, then we don't know what we're doing next time yet. We'll figure it until out. Until next time, we're gonna talk about professional wrestling. I can tell you that much. We are. Well, I'm sure Earl, Earl Hebner will get mentioned. Triple H will get mentioned. Oh, don't want to yeah. forget that. Um, Mike wants to uh, one-on-two handicap match him versus Goldberg and, uh, and Brock Lesnar at the same time. That's absolutely true. Not even, don't even have to tag each other in there in the ring at the same time. Just uh, Tornado rules. Bring it. Table, the table Cowards. Match. Table match, right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But it has to be on set on fire. I would just jump through the table. I'd just jump right through. <laughs> no, that's a stipulation. You can't, you can't do it to yourself. <laughs> that's, that's the one stipulation. You have to... Uh, uh, it, the match can't end too until when you're the impact of going through the table causes your pants to go fall down. Oh so no! You have to keep putting the tables until your pants fall down on their own. You can't. I think it. I would. I think I would rather be legitimately hospitalized by both men at once than uh, be exposed in public. <laughs> no, but this is the best. Even, even, even just having my shirt forcibly removed, like even that, I would. <laughs> I would rather be in with a fucking concussion and brain damage and almost dead from them punching me to death than have anyone see one nipple. So like that's your worst fear is being in a match where you could potentially have your shirt not even removed, just like lifted. I have deep, 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 deep shame of my body. So any exposure beyond my, you know, my arms, your arms and your head, my arms and my head. Yeah. I guess that were in turtlenecks actually make sure the neck doesn't get exposed. Did you ever start wearing shorts, or are you still a total pants man? I'll have a short once in a while on an extremely hot summer day, but uh, yeah, I'll wear them around the house when it's uh, warm, but otherwise, I don't, no one needs so, to see this. I'm fucking disgusting. Who wants to look at that? So you'd be wearing like uh, the equivalent of, say, like, like a professional surfer full wetsuit to the ring if you were to wrestle? Oh, definitely. I mean, I would have that on underneath, and then I'd, you know, I'd figure out some cool gear there. Um, but I would want to make sure that in the event that a shirt is lifted or a pant is drooped, uh, that I have a second layer of protection. All right. Let's, uh, make sure it's a unitard. So it can't be, that also cannot be. No, oh, exactly. Yeah, up. no, I want to make sure no one's going to see a breast, uh, <laughs> a navel, slips. A, a, a buttock, nothing. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to try to arrange for that. A, uh, Shirts off match Mike versus Goldberg and, and Lesnar. Oh no! Yep. Oh no! They'll be wearing shirts too. To be fair, everyone's. Gonna oh be, good. Yeah. <laughs> be, I have a chance. You have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> you, but you'll you'll be you'll be handcuffed. Okay. Oh, well, I got teeth. Yeah, but it's gonna be your left hand's gonna be handcuffed to your right ankle. 
Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, I'll try my best. All right. All right, then. On that note. <laughs> Thank you, wrestling fans. Thank you, Hart family. Thank you, Kingston family. Thank you, Brian family. Yeah. Thank you, F. Hebner family. Absolutely. The Hebners, please. Brian Hebner, if you're out there, stay safe. Wear your mask. I'm stopping now. Ha, ha, ha.